Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Suck. I'm so glad you're joining me today. On this podcast, you're going to hear messages that will challenge you to live out the purpose that God has created for you. I will always tell you, you were created on purpose, for a purpose, to impact the kingdom. And that's exactly what you will hear today. God, we thank you so much for the breath that you have breathed into each one of us, for the life-giving breath that you have put in each one of us so that we can can proclaim your good news, so we can sing honor and glory and adoration to your name. God, I thank you for each one of your wonderful ladies, your girls that you have here tonight. I thank you for the opportunity for us to be here. God, I ask that you do what only you can do. Let your word go forth and accomplish and encourage and ignite. Jesus, have your way. Amen and amen. Thank you, ladies. That was awesome. So, welcome to Flourish Gathering 2022. Snow place like Flourish Gathering. Is that what we call this? Is that what we said? Yeah, snow place. I'm sorry. Like, my mind went totally blank for a second. And we were teasing that maybe we shouldn't have called it that because um, now it's like, freezing cold outside. I mean, we were having like this, like kind of awesome January being like 70 degrees. And now it's like, I don't know, wind of frost came through. It's awful. I, I, I may be a little bit biased right now though, because we didn't fare well in the last year's freeze. It happened in February. Is that when that happened? Yeah. Our house didn't hold up. So That was fun times. I'm like, Lord Jesus, just keep the snow away this year. I think this is the only year I've ever asked for there to be no snow. Sorry if you're praying for it. I'm not. (laughs) No, thank you so much for being here with us us for this Flourish gathering. Okay, I have a question. How many of you have set goals? So we're like on what day of this? We're on day 20 of this year. Is that the day? How many of you set goals for 2022? Anybody set goals? Yes? So, if you set a goal, have you already broken it? Like, have you already, like, totally screwed that goal up? Can I say that? Can I say screwed up? (laughs) Have you totally messed that thing up? Um, That's okay. I mean, tomorrow's a new day. His, His mercies are new every day, so just start over. I mean, let's be real honest. Every day I wake up and say, I'm not gonna drink a Dr. Pepper today. And you know what? Every day, I do. And every morning, I'm tomorrow morning when I wake up, I'm like today's the day. It's not going to happen. Um, and then I'll tell Brad, I'm not drinking a Dr. Pepper today. So it'll come lunchtime, or we'll be eating Mexican food. Because I'll be honest, I can't have Mexican food without Dr. Pepper. And he'll be like, I thought you said you weren't drinking Dr. Pepper. I'd be like, shh, don't even speak to me. Like, shh. Anyway, so. I have set goals. I think setting goals are very, very important. Um, We can hope to do all kinds of things and dream them, and God can give us all kinds of dreams, but if you don't put goals to them, it's very, very hard to accomplish much. And so I encourage you to take time to set goals. Um, One of the other things that I do at the beginning every year, every year, and some of you may do this, some of you may not, and that's okay, is every year I pray and ask God to give me a word and or a scripture for that year. Um, I 
I would like to say, I want to say this, is that it doesn't change what he's, the overarching purpose that God has for me, so for flourish and writing and th speaking, things like that, that doesn't change every year. That stays the same because he has put me in that season. But, you know, kind of how he, things that he wants to highlight, that ch might change every year about who he is. So it's a new word. It's a new scripture to hold on to for that year. Um, so this year when I was praying about it, um, I felt like he gave me a word, and I was like, no, I'm good. I don't want that one. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. Because he gave me the same word he gave me in 2020. And really, who wants a repeat of that? Like, I'm not sure that I want a repeat of 2020, let's be real honest. But the word he gave me was uh, in 2020, and for 2022, is the word trust. And honestly, at first I was like, really? Did I hear you right? Are you really wanting to do this word again? Um, but I, I knew that he had spoken to me, and I actually am very excited to see how this word comes to pass this year, and how he reveals and teaches me to trust him more, and how he reveals trust and to me this year. And I'm excited to see, um, I'm excited to see that happen. Um, and then as I was praying, praying more, praying about, you know is, you know, is there a scripture that you would like for me this year? And he gave me a set of scriptures, and I'm going to share those with you tonight. And he, when I was reading through the Bible, reading through this chapter, God was like kind of highlighted this section, and he really put an emphasis on it. But I, I believe that this emphasis isn't just for me personally. Um, while it is, I also believe that it is for the church as a whole, for us ladies. I, I really believe that God wants us to fill this scripture because time is short. We're, we're getting close to the end of, end of things and we have to act. There's no more time to be passive. And like I said, hope and dream that things are gonna happen. It's time for us to start working and start moving and help and do put so forth some effort in making some things happen. So I'm going to read a set of scriptures today. Um, it's like, I don't know how many scriptures, I can't do math off the top of my head, like 12 of them, which is a lengthy bit of scripture, but I find it important to read, and then we'll kind of walk through it. It's James chapter 2, and starts in verse 14, and it says this. I think they're going to put it on. Oh, I was looking up there, and it's normally the same. Sorry. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works. Can such faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks food daily, and one of you says to them, go in shalom or peace, keep warm and well fed, but you do not give them what the body needs, what, is, what good is that? So also faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. Some will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me, your wor show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith. I will show you faith by my works. You believe God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But do you want to know, you empty person, that, without, that faith without works is dead? Wasn't Abraham our father proved righteous by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar, you see that faith worked together with his works, and by the works, his faith was made complete. 
The scripture was fulfilled that says, and Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a man is proved righteous by works and not by faith alone. And likewise, wasn't Rahab the prostitute also proved righteous by works when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. This entire section of, uh, in James chapter 2 is all about our faith coupled with works, with action. See, Hebrews 11 and 1 says this. You pro- if you've been in church, all oh, you probably know this scripture. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of realities not seen. So in James chapter 2, we have faith coupled with works. In Hebrews, we have faith is, a something, is something we hope for. So we're, we're, if we're pairing these scriptures together, we have this faith and we're hoping for this thing to happen, right? But Hebrews also goes on to say, it is the evidence, and what do we know about, okay, crime junkie fans, we all know what evidence, it's something hard, it's something tangible, right? Like we gotta have evidence for it to be real or to be able to prove, right? So faith, we're hoping. But then it goes on to say, the evidence of real things we just can't see. So we have faith that we're hoping, so in James we have this faith, but when we couple it with works, it becomes tangible. It becomes the evidence, the thing that we're working for, the thing we're putting into process for something that's real that we just can't see yet. It says that Abraham did this, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he became a friend of God. So his faith was, there's a reality. I believe that God's going to come through and not make me sacrifice my son. He was this faith and this hope of something that God would come through for him. But he still went to work. He still took his son up that mountain and he still laid his son on that altar and he still bound his son because he was putting his faith into action and he was doing the work. He was making the evidence because he knew there was something real out there he just couldn't see yet. We have got to get to a place where we're not just like, I know God can do it. We had to put our faith into action. As I read this scripture, I, I think, um, I don't know, I mean, I think we all read scripture a little bit differently, you know, based off of maybe with the season we're in or just our own worldviews, but I read part of the scripture and I think James got a little bit of attitude. Because he says this in chapter 18, he writes this, show me your faith without works. And he was like, and I'll show you my faith by my works. I think I was like, he's like, hey, I got you. You can do that, but this is what I'm going to do. I'll show you how much faith I have by all the things I'm going to do. I think we kind of got to get this attitude. Like, okay, you say that's going to happen. I think this is going to happen, and I'll show you that God said it's going to happen because I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to do the thing. Right? Faith is one thing to say. It's another thing to put it into action and demonstrate it. I can tell you all day long that I have faith and that God will come through for me. But then at some point, it has to become a work. It has to become something that we do and that we put into practice and we put into action. And there's like, 
It's not always about starting a business or, or writing a book or whatever it might be that God's asking you to do. It's not always about this like grandiose thing. Sometimes it's about the work is, I'm not freaking out when I get a bad report. That's the work. I'm putting into practice my faith that, so that everyone else around me can see that peace rules my life and I'm going to walk in peace and I'm not going to walk in turmoil and so everyone else can see my faith in action. That's the work. By not having an anxiety attack every time, I can't control something. That's work. By giving when I don't know if there's going to be enough at the end of the month. That's work. It's putting our faith into action by doing the next hard thing, even when we don't know how it will all work out. And then James goes on to say this. Faith without works is dead. Maybe, just maybe, if we're feeling a little weak or stagnant, a little dead inside, maybe we should get up and start doing something. Maybe we should start doing a little work. Just like when the body isn't in action and in movement, it starts to die, so our spiritual life is the same. God can say, I got something great for you, and you're like, oh, I believe it's gonna happen, but until I start to put my faith into action and start doing things to prepare for that, I'll just start to be like, oh, that, he said that, but it's not happening, so you start to feel dead on the inside. Maybe if you're feeling a little bit weak and dead, start doing something. When you aren't living out your purpose, you will start to feel unfulfilled. You will start to feel like you're dying on the inside. So start serving somewhere, start obeying, start doing something that causes, like stepping out in faith. It says, so just as the body without the spirit, so my physical body has a spirit inside of it, is if I don't have that spirit inside of my physical body, I am dead. So faith without works is dead. Meaning your faith is just weak and wimpy and will die off and you will lose what you have if you don't start putting it into action. But I want to clarify something. Please don't misunderstand me when I say, when I'm talking about works and our faith coupled together. We are not saved by our works. So don't misunderstand that. We are saved by our faith and believing in who Jesus Christ was, that he was born of a virgin, that he died on the cross, that he was raised again three days later, that he lives, that he's in heaven on the seat at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and I, and that he sent the Holy Spirit to be our comforter, right? Believing in that, and that faith is what saves us. Our works don't save us. Our works don't earn us more salvation. Like, you're saved or you're not, right? So the more works I do doesn't earn me more salvation. So understand that. You either accept Christ or you don't, and you're saved or you're not. Our works, though, are what express our faith so that I can express my faith, how much faith I have in God because I love him so much. I want to express, I'm going to step out in faith and do these things that he's called me to do because I love him so much and I trust him. And for other people, believers and non-believers, they can see, I don't know how she's doing that, but she's doing it, and it's a testimony because of my faith. I'm coupling it with works to spread the good news. 
So imagine this. Imagine I have a, okay, so every year Harrison, our youngest, loves to buy seeds, like come springtime, we'll make a trip to Lowe's and he's gonna wanna buy a bunch of seeds and plant them, okay? So imagine I have a packet of seeds that I picked up at Lowe's. Let's say they're a packet of corn, because one time our five-year-old, or he's seven now, I don't know how old he was at the time, he wanted to plant corn in our backyard. I don't know, we did, whatever. But imagine I have some corn, like kernels, some seed here. If I have this, I'd be like, you guys, I have all this seed. It's amazing, right? And I know that God's going to do something amazing with these, these corn kernels, with this seed. I mean, he's the God that can do anything, right? He can turn these thing, this seed into exactly what it's supposed to be, what it's destined to be. I believe that God can. I have faith that he can. He says that he can. We read in scripture that he can. That he can turn this seed into something exactly what it's supposed to be. He can grow it. So I'm going to say to the seed, grow seed. I know you can have life. I'm going to speak life. I'm going to prophesy to it. I'm going to pray over the seed. Seed, grow. I know you can do it. But I still have them in my possession. I can tell you all about the faith that I know that God can make the seed grow. But you're going to be like, that's crazy. Why aren't you planting that seed? Right? Because we know God can do the impossible. He could make the seed grow. But it's still something I'm holding on to. But this is what James says. I'll show you my faith by my works. Instead, what we need to be doing is instead of holding on to something that we think that we can control, we need to take that thing, I take those seeds, and I dig a little hole in the ground, and I put them in there, and I let go of them, and I bury them, and I still, yes, pray over them, and still, yes, I speak life over them, and yes, I still water them. I grew up in West Texas where we prayed water down for all the crops all the time, and very specific kinds of rain, not just rain that would destroy the cops, crops. So I know all about speaking life over crops and hoping it all turns out well, right? But I let the seed go and I bury it and I continue to pray and prophesy and have faith, but I did it by works, by letting them go. We often want the glory of God to do something in and through our lives that requires us to have faith, but are we willing to do the work the deeds, to ultimately let what we think should happen and how it should happen and what it should look like, are we willing to let it go and just step out in faith? I'm sure Abraham thought he had a better way, but he had to be willing to let go of his son, whatever he thought, and put his faith in action and do the thing so that God could show up. God's going to call us to take steps of faith, to do hard things so far outside of our control, outside of our comfort zone, but it's gonna require us to let go of some things. As women, I mean, we desire, like, we all have this need to be in somewhat control. If my house is not in order, I feel out of control. Like, we all, like, sometimes it's not even a bad thing necessarily. We just like things to be orderly, right? But God will ask us to 
stop thinking about how we want to do it and ask us to do things his way, not the way we see it. These are the moments where our faith is put to the test, where we're asked to just say, not say, oh, I have a packet of seeds, God, do the impossible, but where we're asked to put the seeds in the ground, bury them, and God, do your thing, right? I mean, sometimes the work is letting the thing go. Sometimes the work is um, maybe we're showing our faith and putting the work in by my husband is not doing the things or acting the way we think he should. So, but the work is, I'm going to stop nagging. Maybe the work is, I'm going to start budgeting better so my finances are in order. The work is, maybe I'm going to set time aside for my quiet time so that I can have a more orderly life. Maybe the work is setting time aside for the Sabbath. The work isn't always what we think it is, but we put our faith into action by the things that we do. We have to let some things go and put some things into action. Faith without works is dead. Do you want to know why? Because you and I don't have the power to bring anything to life on our own. But when we release it and we start walking in faith and we do things in faith and we, then we allow the Almighty, the one who does have a resurrection power, to bring life into those situations. When we have faith that he can do it and then we start putting the work into it, then resurrection power, we let it go and then resurrection power starts to move and work and act in those situations bringing forth a miracle, bringing forth the impossible. My message is super short today. It's not anything overwhelming or crazy, but I want to encourage you. That's what Flourish is all about. It's about encouraging you to live your purpose, urging you to do the thing that you've been called to do. And each one of you have been called to do something very specific. I believe that. I, kn I know that. And like I said, you can have all the faith that God has, all these great things and this purpose plan for you, but until you start to do the thing, let go of some things, let go of what you think it should look good like, let go of how you think it should happen, and start putting into action. Put your faith into action and start doing the works. Do not strive. We're not striving. We're not striving to, like I said, earn more salvation. It's not a strive. We're doing it because we love God, and we're doing it because we want other people to see how great our God is and to demonstrate our faith to those around us. If we want our faith, Amanda, y'all can come. If we want our faith to flourish, if we want our faith to grow, if we want to flourish in the purpose and the plan and the promises that God has for us, it requires action on our part. Or you will always, always feel like you're just a, like weeping or wilting or dying or just stagnant, like there's just not enough life there. Start doing something. Put your faith into action. I, I want this message, I know it's kind of forward and direct, but I want it to be one that encourages you to know that you can do what God's called you to do. 
but it requires us to take steps of faith. I am sure Rahab had lots of thoughts about whether she should hide the men and release them another way because her life was on the line. She was willing to risk it, to step out in faith, to put her faith into action, action. And now she, the prostitute, is honored over and over and over in Scripture because she put works with her faith. Abraham is credited to him as righteousness because he put works with his faith. There are blessings when you put your works with your faith. So if you haven't written goals for this year or, or prayed for a word or a scripture, I encourage you to do that. Let the Lord speak to you about the things he would have you to do this year. And then start taking the steps of faith to help fulfill those things. He will guide you and he will direct you and he will reveal things to you. But we have to, can't just keep the seeds in our hand. We have to let them go, put it in the ground, and let him do what he does best in our lives. So they're going to play. If you're just needing, we're happy to pray with you. If, there's, if you're you know, wanting us to pray a prayer of faith with you and um, for boldness and power to step out and do the things that God's asking you to do, we're happy to pray with you about that. But we're also happy to agree with you in prayer about anything that you may need prayer over. It doesn't always have to be about this message because we come with many needs and many things on our hearts and in our minds. So we're always happy to pray with you about anything, but we will. They're going to play, and we'll take some time in prayer and in worship. Thanks for joining me on the Flourish podcast. You can find more information about Flourish Gathering at flourishgathering.co or hit us up on Instagram or Facebook. Make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts so you don't miss another episode.